All right, I am excited. I know all of you are excited. I know my co-host here is excited. This has been anticipated for two years, Mike. Honestly, really, it's been a couple years, and it's now finally here. The rebirth of the Backyard Brawl is finally here. Pitt, West Virginia, regardless of everything else and the hype train and the conversation and the fans going back and forth and even these players getting used to it and kind of being formed of the rivalry from the coaches and everybody else. None of that matters now because we are here. And this is also kind of the rebirth of our show mic'd up here as well on the network. So it's all coming back at the perfect time. I'm Mike Oste. That's Mike Vakovacan. And that's right. Again, it is the rebirth of the Backyard Brawl, 105th edition. There's history there. You don't get that every day in college football. With conference realignment, conference chaos, all the money that involved, that's involved, and it is about money. They're not in the same conference anymore. They haven't been in a while, and who knows if they will ever be again or what the future holds. But I'll start this tip of the cap to both programs, both administrations, both head coaches, etc. No matter any personal feelings, they wanted this game back. They made sure this game could be back. They have this game back. They have a series now, and they'll have another one coming up. So you got the backyard brawl, and and that's something that college football needs in the midst of all of this. So, Mike, first off at the top here, before we get into these teams, what these teams are going to look like and kind of what's been happening throughout camp, what are your overall thoughts just to have this game back, what this game kind of means? I've touched on this in other shows, but your thoughts on what – the backyard brawl means to you, means to these programs, means to the region, because West Virginia WV only separated 70 miles from Pittsburgh. And just on these programs to make sure this game does happen, because they didn't have to do this. They could easily have not done this, and this rivalry is back. Yeah, this game's sort of like a dinosaur in that uh, it's one of the very few non-conference games that um, teams are still trying to play. Uh, you know, I know Nebraska and Oklahoma are going to play in a couple of weeks, but this yeah. is, uh, you know, with the way college athletics is headed, this is, uh, you know, we should, and I think everyone is, at least from the fan uh, perspective, everyone's appreciating this because as Pitt fans yeah. saw, uh, you know, the Penn State thing is likely not to happen for a long time. I, I think Shane Lyons and Heather Like are uh, level-headed, uh, smart enough to see the importance of this game. And if at all possible, they're going to try to make this thing happen, which is good. And I think it's funny. I, I think the fan bases are um, appreciating this more than the actual fan, than, than the actual players. Probably. You know, when coaches have to tell you what a rivalry means. Players have never played in this. Right, right? exactly. They, they were and 10 years it, old in some cases, maybe even eight, seven years old the last time. This so game they don't know. Right. They, they don't know. They're, they, you know, they're going to have to learn it. The importance for these players is just getting the season off to a good start. Neil right. Brown and his team, uh, you know, want to get 2022 started right, uh, you know, before they get into the heart of the uh, Big 12 schedule for and, Pitt. It's a matter of continuing what you did last year and right. keeping momentum. I think that's where the importance is for the programs, for the fans 100%. on Thursday night. You know, it's going to be, you know, 70,000 people there um, crazy, which is what uh, rivalries in big time college football is supposed to be. 
Yeah, it's going to be a packed house. It's going to be sold out. That's what you want. That's what you have. That's how you want to open up a season. And instead of opening up with LIU and Youngstown yeah. State and those teams, you have the brawl. You have the rivalry. You see Pitt playing Country Roads before practice starts. West Virginia playing Sweet Caroline before practice starts. That wouldn't be happening in a lot of other games. Right. And you also got to give it to the programs in this regard they put egos aside to make sure this could happen because you mentioned Nebraska and Oklahoma and some of those rivalries that we're seeing in spurts in West Virginia playing Virginia Tech this year. They played them last year. They brought that back. Pitt did bring the rivalry with Penn State back a few years ago, even though it's in doubt for the future. But there are a lot of other rivalries where they're no longer in the same conference. And this even was before the chaos 10 years ago. We look at Florida, Miami, et cetera. They're arguing over who's getting what cut of money. They want to, the one is trying to say we should play the game two times at yeah. our place and we're never going to go to your place. These are both major conference teams in these respects. Like, what do you mean you're never going to go to our, our stadium? That's just ludicrous. They just don't want to play the rivalry or they're basically trying to be jerks and, and, and for whatever thing. That's, they, these programs basically were like, we're not going to do that. We, what, what do we got to do to get this game played? Uh, and that that's what's happening. So that's a positive. I, I do think that that's everything that everyone should appreciate. And maybe now that we have a game, the players will get back used to it. Because I, I to off of what you're saying here as we get into the, kind of these teams now, I put up a tweet on what Neil Brown said on ESPN over the weekend when college football kicked off. And he was talking about how, you know, the players are we're, – we're telling the players about it. We're informing the players about it, et cetera. And a lot of the responses were like, yeah, Neil Brown, this is great that you know so much about the rivalry, but he's never coached in this game. So you don't know until you do it. So even Neil Brown himself, he needs to experience yeah. it. He's not experienced it either, and he's trying to tell people about it. Pat Narduzzi need, telling players about it, needing to experience it firsthand. But, Mike, as we get into the season now, and from the Pitt perspective, because Pitt is coming off of certainly a better season than WU. They're coming off of one of their better seasons in decades. This is a different quarterback. Kenny Pickett gone. Little differences there. Jordan Addison no longer there. What are you expecting from this team out the gate? Because it is still new offensive coordinator, new quarterback, new pieces there, even though it's supposed to still be a good team. They're certainly picked to be – Desmond Howard has them in the playoff. There's they're they're what 16, 17 in the in the preseason top 25. So they're getting national love, but it's hard to say when you have a new QB, a new OC, season hasn't started, you're going off camp. What do you expect out of the gates from Pitt? Well, uh these first two games are gonna be very interesting. And I know people when Desmond Howard made that pick yesterday, uh you know, people were asking, you know, I, I want to be smoking what he's smoking. Yeah. I think Texas um, A&M was even more wild than Pitt, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the thing is, it doesn't look so crazy if Pitt is able to get by these first two games. When you look at their schedule and the way things set up, these first two games are just so important for them because then they have yeah. some winnable games and a lot of those games at the beginning of the year are at home. I can tell you this, if Pitt is able to win these first two games, by the time they crack ACC uh, conference play, uh, I'd lay good money that Pitt will probably be in the top 10 rankings. And then, and then it's not so crazy. Right. The 16-17 was a good spot to start the season. Yeah, but, but these first two games, are, it's right. all about, and it's not going to be easy 
despite them it being at uh, home, it's not going to be easy with West Virginia and Tennessee. Yeah. As far as what to expect with Pitt, I don't think anyone knows, and I think that's sort of a going to go in Pitt's favor. The last couple of years, you knew with the offense, it, it was going to be passing 50 times a game with Kenny Pickett. I don't think anyone knows with Signetti because he can still have the quarterback throw 30, 40 times a game because he has the weapons, mm -hmm. but also everyone is banking on him, Pitt being a little bit more old school and running the ball. So I think it's a guess for everybody. I think it's a guess for West Virginia. Yeah. Oh, Nobody yeah. really knows what, what they're going to come out. But the good thing for Pitt is they have enough skilled position players at either that if they want to turn this into a running game, they got five backs, four or five backs that can do it. If he wants to continue to throwing the ball, uh, they don't have Jordan Addison. But I, I believe by the end of the year, they'll have a better a better wide receiving room than they've done the last than they've had the last couple of years. So mm -hmm. I, I think it's, for anyone to say they know what's going to come out, nobody knows because nobody knows what right. uh, you know the plan of Frank Signetti is. Absolutely. And you actually have been, I know I've done enough shows with you. You have been one that the only criticism you've been offering to the offense the last few years, especially last year, is you wanted it to be more balanced, wanted yeah. to get the running game more involved. And eventually it did happen. But even going back to Pitt's earliest season loss last year, that kind of upset the apple cart to maybe avoid them being a playoff team with that Western Michigan game and all the touchdown passes from Pickett maybe a more balanced offense could be a better recipe. So maybe you'll see more of that now. And you have Slovis there as the starter. That maybe could be a positive if you got to find one in regrouping while you're trying to come back and, and defend. I'm going to make a crazy prediction here at the beginning. Okay. And, um, I believe Pitt is going to have, if they don't have two, it's going to be damn close. Um I think they're going to – I think Pitt could have 2,000-yard rushers this year. That would be something. Yeah, that would... I, I think uh, I think Izzy Abanaconda is going to rush for 1,000 yards. Okay. He's... And it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if um, Rodney Hammond, uh, their freshman last year, yeah, also comes close to rushing for 1,000 yards. And he got I, I involved think... at times, but some – yeah. With his size and he was so inexperienced, yeah. The only the only thing that might hold him back from doing that is the amount of uh, guys that are already in the backfield. Daniel right. Carter, Vincent Davis, the transfer right. from Notre Dame. He's going to have a lot of options that he can go to as far as giving guys carries. And I think that might be the only thing that – if it was only a three-man backfield as far as guys that are really going to get the carries – I think it would be almost a slam dunk, but I think the five guys that are going to get carries in a game could hurt that a little bit. But I think Pitt's going to have its best running game, best running attack since uh, you know James Conner, Quadriolison. I really think uh, they're going to be dominant in terms of running the football this year. But they're also going to be able to pass the ball, which is going to be. Uh, very, it's going to make this team very dangerous. It's going to make it dangerous, and obviously passing was the, the main thing with Kenny Pickett the last couple of years especially. Mike Fakovakin, Mike Ostey, we are talking back your brawl. It is back in our lives, and I think that is a plus and a win question. for both programs, regardless of what happens on the field. Now, question for you, Mike. We talked about yeah. the pit offense. Uh, yeah. You know, 
we don't know who the starter as of right now for West Virginia is. Right. You know, they lost uh, Letty Brown from the backfield last year. Some wide receivers, talented guys either graduated or transferred. What is the uh, what's the identity of the West Virginia offense going to be this year? We know what Neil Brown wants to do. Right. But actually, he's not in charge anymore. There's going to be a new offensive coordinator, the air raid. You know, what is uh, what's uh, West Virginia offense and what's Pitt going to have to worry about in this first game? That's a major question because as much as you're talking about the uncertainty around Pitt and you have Slovis there now and there are some new pieces and a new OC, so maybe it's more of a balanced attack. There's more uncertainty around West Virginia. Also a new offensive coordinator, but a whole new system coming in, a new quarterback. And while Neil Brown, unlike Pat Narduzzi, who has now officially made the announcement, has really been trying to posture and doesn't want to hand anything to anybody and making him work and giving equal reps during camp. I've been there. It really has been equal reps. JT Daniels comes aboard as a former top recruit, had his time at USC, had familiarity with Graham Harrell there. That's the season he was fully healthy and played well. Georgia won games, but then lost his job, and they went on to win national title. He's the guy that has to drive this bus for the Mountaineers, but you're going to see the air raid offense, and the major question mark is, while it's cool this is week one, and unlike Narduzzi again, Pat uh, Neil Brown doesn't really have a major win yet in his tenure as Mountaineer head coach going to year four. You could point to Virginia Tech last year, but they then weren't that great at the end of the season. This could be that, and it could start a new rebuild and a true climb for the West Virginia program with a bit of a tough schedule. But the reason why some West Virginia fans are arguing eight plus wins is because of JT Daniels and what could be there. So I would expect if everyone gets their way, a versatile passing offense, you're going to see two, three, four wide receivers split out. You're going to see a lot of incorporation of slot receivers. You're going to see even Reese Smith. I actually talked to him during camp that he was thinking about maybe leaving the program. He wasn't involved enough. And then Neil Brown told him, pump the brakes. I got Graham Harrell coming in. And he said, I'm going to be your Wes Welker. And that's big works. So like if you, And that's what Graham Harrell wants to have. That's what he had when he was a QB 10 plus years ago. That's what he had. That slot receiver that can help move the chains. When I would imagine that Bryce Winston Wright is gone. So he's a top receiver that's gone for West Virginia like Addison. But I would imagine Bryce for Whedon could get his game to another level. He's going to be the one on the outside. They don't have experience running the football, though. Tony Mathis is probably the guy who's going to be probably, you mentioned two pitbacks may have a 1,000 yards. If things go well for West Virginia, that's probably the goal they might have on a chalkboard somewhere because they don't have one true back, really. It is kind of a room Johnson there as well with Mathis. And I would expect him to be the, the guy if you got to pick one of them. But can he truly do it as as that back? Last year, Letty Brown was the, the number one running back. Two years ago, Letty Brown was the number one running back. They knew, all these defenses knew what was going to be coming, but he dipped from two years ago a little bit, and that's off the offensive line regressing. So the biggest factor for West Virginia, separate from a new offensive coordinator being there and Graham Harrell being that big darling and JT Daniels being there at QB, can the offensive line be good enough with some veterans now there who are getting, as you see it, what we're doing at WV Sports now, they're on watch lists every day. Half the damn roster is on watch lists. Can they play to that ability, especially on the O-line? And that'll help the running back room. That'll help keeping JT healthy. That'll help this offense. But it's going to be a spread out offense. And Mike, you threw out a bold prediction there. 
I don't know if I'm going to have a bull prediction numbers-wise for anybody on this team, but I will say one thing at the jump. If things go well for West Virginia throughout this season and the offense plays well, and who knows about week one because that's when you're getting your legs under you for the, for the air raid. You don't know until game action. This might be a benefit for Pitt to see West Virginia week one. You might see West Virginia struggle in this week one, but then week four or five, they're putting points up. So that that could be how this works. But if if this is a successful season, Graham Harrell could become a darling of the country in terms of a young guy with the air raid that's resurrecting a national program, an historic program that's that's saving JT Daniels' career, that's saving Neil Brown's career, arguably, because he gave the keys to, to Graham Harrell. He could end up being a guy that another team wants as a head coach. Who knows about you – know, what happens at West Virginia. That's something to really watch is the success of Graham Harold in this offense could really benefit him personally. And the way that he coaches at camp, you can tell he knows that. So who knows week one, because you're bringing the air raid in, but you could expect a very versatile offense that could be much more explosive than what West Virginia fans saw last year. Even the points, even the yards Jared Deggie put up, they didn't put points on the board in the red zone. So that got a change with Graham Harold. So, something that I'm going to see, I, I think it's going to be a key in this game uh, in terms of West Virginia. Yeah. Can they protect uh, whoever? Uh, obviously, Daniels is probably going to be the guy. It got to be JT. Yeah. Pitt, you know, Pitt uh, for the last four or five years under Charlie Partridge, at least the last four years, has been one of the top uh, two or three sack teams in the country. Is West Virginia's? Uh, I think the great question is: Is West Virginia's uh, offensive line are they good enough, uh, and are they going to give uh, yeah. the quarterback? You know, forget about the run game. If when he's dropping back to pass, is he going to have time to pass or to to scan the field to find his guy, or is uh, you know That's one of the, the guys on Pitt's defensive line uh, going to be giving him hell all game? Yeah, and, and I'll do a knock on wood here because the reason why JT Daniels needs his career saved, the reason why this is all happening, and the reason why he could help continue the climb of the West Virginia program, he has dealt with a lot of injuries the last five years. A lot of injuries. There's been questions on how severe they have been, but there's been injuries there. That is a thing. Yeah, the offensive line was a weakness last year. They got to protect enough. They're going to face a team that is going to be bringing the house. This might not be the best matchup to try to get the air raid in there with a quarterback that you need to protect so much. But that's part of Kenny Pickett's emergence, too. Tons of credit to Pickett, but you got to have an offensive line. That's the whole conversation about the Steelers, too, is can you throw Pickett right in there in week one against the Bengals because of their rush? Because the offensive line struggled so much the last two years. That is definitely true with West Virginia and JT Daniels or whoever. And Maybe we'll see packages. Maybe we'll see Garrett Green a time or two. Maybe if the offensive line is struggling to protect, you might see Garrett Green. He's more of a runner. He wasn't involved in passing packages last year. That's more like old school WVU. Maybe you'll see some of that. Maybe Neil Brown will have to throw an audible in there and say, we got to have a couple packages for Garrett Green to scramble him out of here because they're they're bringing it. And then if that happens, Pitt then would have to kind of retool the game plan because they got to make sure they're fast enough to catch the guy going outside. So that'll be interesting if there's any kind of game within the game, game planning there. What I do want to ask you, Mike, is while West Virginia has been in this, we're sharing reps, it's really JT, of course, he's coming in. He wouldn't be there otherwise if he's not the starter. I, the, the, we got a breaking news on JT and Neil Brown fighting, possibly. But over there, over at Pitt, 
It's Slovis. He came in, and the difference is at these two programs, both bringing in former Southern Cal transfers to now do this East Coast historic rivalry in the backyard brawl. But Pitt, unlike WVU, who would have a true freshman otherwise in Nico, or would have Garrett Green, who's never had the, the keys given to him, even though he's been there clearly. Patty has been a guy that a lot of people around the Pitt program like. He has played. He had the bowl game experience, obviously, when Pickett chose not to play. That was a game that he played fine in. A lot of people thought that if Pitt didn't go get Slovis, this team could be fine with Patty. And it wasn't like it was just Slovis just running him out the door. Pat Narduzzi and people around there said there was a little bit of a competition. And Patty certainly gave it a run for, for its money. Number one, do we see Patty at all this year? Are there any packages for him because of that situation, because he is a veteran? And how different maybe would this offense be with him? And then just thoughts on that, because I know we've talked about this a bunch off the air. Tons of credit to the kid for sticking around and being there. It's really great for the team to have him. But for his personal career, especially in this climate with the transfer portal, a lot of other QBs wouldn't have done that. If he doesn't get in there, at least with packages, he kind of is wasting away, even though he could certainly start at other programs. Yeah, um, I'm going to be interested to see this because I don't uh, – when Pitt has used him in the past, it's been a lot near the goal line. Okay. Uh, he has good mobility. Uh, he actually, actually – a couple years ago, uh, he replaced Pickett down at the goal line. And he uh, – you mentioned Green. He did, did a lot of the running. Uh, okay. He's able to throw the ball. Yeah. But he's, a, he, he's probably a better uh, – uh, not probably he's a better, he, he is a more mobile guy than Slovis would be. And against WVU, by the way, that could be big because Dante stills and that D line for West Virginia's defense, they also are going to be coming at you. Dante stills is somebody who has an NFL yeah. future in his mind. So that's the only thing I wonder if that was in Arduzzi's mind at all that, Hey, we might have that issue coming at us too. Uh, I, wouldn't Slovis is the guy. I wouldn't be shocked if, uh, he was asked about that, and he said, "No, we don't have it right now. We'll see." Right. And he's never going to—he's not going to answer a question like that, honestly. Yeah. Even if he did, uh, I, I credit, like you said, I, I credit for Patty for believing in himself, uh, sticking with the team in the "we not me" mentality that uh, Narduzzi has created. Yeah. However, um. As I've said uh, from day one, unless Keaton Slovis just uh, completely bombed in fall camp, he was going to be the quarterback. Right. You don't bring in a high-profile guy uh, to uh, to transfer in here. Same thing with the JT on, conversation. Unless you plan on starting. Yeah, the, right. the only difference would be that Nico is a true freshman. Sure, and a top, and a top recruit for the future. Completely of the balled out and right. uh, was just unbelievable in camp. You're right. going to go with a veteran guy. Sure. Slovis and Patty both had experience, and, but this was Slovis' job from day one, barring injury, yeah. barring him uh, just looking awful. My my thinking in this, and this is not, and I want to be very. I've always wanted to be very careful with this because I respect Nick Patty. Pat Narduzzi knew what he had with Nick Patty before he uh, recruited and approached Slovis about coming here. Yeah. If he was a hundred percent confident and said that this is our guy, he could do this. Pitt went went after. That's fair. 
Slovis. Yeah. They knew what they had. So that's it, it, not a knock against Patty. I think it's just an indication that Narduzzi knows what he has on this team on both sides of the ball. He knew what they did last year. He knows how important this year. Yeah. And he believes that Slovis could have a, I don't want to go this high, but he could have a picket like season, maybe not that high, but with everything he has around him, I, I think he thinks it'd be, he'd be more of, of the two guys to be able to get that job done. He believes in Slovis more. Yeah, and, and to and again and again, this sucks for Patty, I guess, because sure, if you're a friend of Patty, Patty, or he's looking for beyond college football, and who knows if that's even a possibility for him, you're better you're better starting somewhere than not than being a backup somewhere else. I mean, that's always what you would say throughout right. the history of college football or college sports in general. That I don't care what the name of the program is or what the history of the program is. When you're coming out of high school, you would tell a kid, I'm sure, you, you know, your son or baseball career or any of his friends. You're better. You want to go where you're going to play. If you're not going to play, it doesn't matter how many rings they're putting on the finger. You're not playing. No one's seeing you do it. So Patty's had his moments, but it is credit to him to stay there because a lot of other people, I don't think any Pitt fans could have begrudged him if he would have said, I got to transfer. I got to play, especially with the portal. So maybe he thought there was a chance to, but you mentioned now it's too late for him to do. Well, now it's too late, but also Pitt Pitt with Desmond Howard prediction and all that. Some think that's crazy. And and I don't think it's going to be a playoff team, but who knows if things go right, they just won the ACC. You're in a major bowl game. You did have that bad loss. You're not in the playoff Miami as well, but that's where Pitt wants to be now. I mean, to go off of a Heisman candidacy season and winning a major conference, that's a step up. So if Slowis is is that guy that maybe can get you there more so than Patty, then even if you appreciate Patty and maybe Patty, maybe if this wasn't coming off of last year, if this was four years ago and Pitt was trying to get into a top 25 situation, maybe they would have been more comfortable with Patty. Yeah. But when you want to win a national title, maybe he's thinking, I got to I got to pull the trigger on a top recruit like this who wants to come aboard. Now, Mike, it, it, it's that time. We got to get predictions here. The backyard brawl. It's back in our lives. We talked about the game a little bit. A lot of unquestion, a lot of question marks, a lot of uncertainty around these two programs. It is week one. It is national TV. It is game day. That's all cool. That's great for this rivalry. You kick it off. You're not throwing it in week week five. Like for for example, W playing Virginia Tech. That's week four. No, this is week right away. Start the year kicking it off Thursday night. That's old school. If this was Thanksgiving yeah. night, that'd be the only way. This would even be more old school. What is your prediction? For this game, do you have a score? What do you think is going to happen here? And do you want to give a main key or something that you haven't said already? Yeah, I think this is will be a. Uh, I, I think it could be a close game up until halftime. Um, I just think the big key to the game is going to be uh, the two offensive lines or the the lines on both sides yeah. of the pit. I, I think uh, Pitt is a better offensive line. This is this is going to be one of their better offensive lines in the last 20 years. Um, defensive line, they have draft picks. Uh, Bunga, um, Haba, Cansey, uh, Deslin Alexander, they got uh, playmakers. I, I just think that their lines on both sides of the ball are going to dominate when you okay. talk about four quarters of play, I don't yeah. think West Virginia 
it, like you said, maybe if they played this game later on in the season, um, I, I think, and with that, I think this line is going to give Slovis time. And I, I think Pitt wins this game by uh, 17 plus points. I, I, I would okay. say uh, two touchdowns to, you know, 14, 17 points, something. Okay. I don't know what the exact score would be, but uh, 31 17. Uh, you think Pitt's hanging, hanging a lot of points themselves, even if they win big? Because West Virginia's defense has actually been better than people think the last couple yeah, of years. Pitt's going to score. Yeah. Okay. Pitt's going to score points just because of the. Uh, I think their defense is going to get them in position to maybe have a couple short fields. Okay. And I think, I, I don't think people realize yet how good Slovis is going to be. And I will say this he is going to benefit greatly. It's not going to all be him. It's not all the quarterback. I think he's going to benefit greatly from having a tremendous offensive line and people around him. He's going to have – Pitt's going to be as well-skilled up front and around him as they've been in many, many years, and the benefactor of that is going to be the quarterback. So it's not all going to be slow, but it's going to make him look good. Yeah. But he, he is going to have to be perform very bad <laughs> – to not be a very good quarterback this year because I think Pitt offensively uh, is going to be very good. The question for Pitt, as always, quarterbacks, uh, fast-paced offense, quarterbacks that can move, uh, offenses with pace, they have a chance to give up a lot of big plays because of the uh, way they go after quarterbacks and all yeah. or nothing. And we, as we've seen that, uh, Western Michigan last year. Any offense. That's the Graham Harrell factor, though. He yeah. will take shots. Right. Any and early quarterback, Any team with a good quarterback, uh, a mobile quarterback, has a chance to beat Pitt, and they will always be in the game because of the mentality Pat Narduzzi has on defense. But the good thing is they're going to have enough points, I believe, that can make up for any mistakes because they're going to have mistakes on defense. But I just think they're going to they're be – just a lot better uh, scoring points. And I, I, I think it'll be a double digit win for Pitt. Yeah. So that's what the spread was. It's come down to earth a little bit. Probably a lot of West Virginia fans betting. Is it still seven? I, I believe so. I, I, that's the last time I saw it. It was still yeah. seven, but I mean, I, I think it was around 14, even beyond that. If we're going months ago and people win these early, early odds. So it's come down. That would be, you know, beating that those odds even for months ago. Look, I, I'm representing the West Virginia perspective here, but I got to be honest. I do think Pitt's going to win this game. Pitt is the favorite. It also is a, a different scenario maybe than some of the games of the past. Pitt does, and this is what West Virginia can hammer home when they've said this nationally. Pitt has more pressure on them to win this game. They're the team that the top 25 ranked. They're the team that people are putting in the playoff. They lose this game, even though it's a rivalry and it's week one. That will be rough because this is not this is not a ranked West Virginia team. This is a team that's coming yeah. off six and seven last year losing the mediocre bowl game. So this could be big for West Virginia. Pitt just kind of needs to take care of business and prove something to their rival, and then we'll see about future years. I do think Pitt will win. I don't think it'll be 17-plus points, though. I'm going to give credit to West Virginia, and they're going to take shots, and it is a little better situation <laughs> than last year, I do believe, even though it is week one, so you got to get a lot of this in there. This team might look better as the season progresses. I'm going to say Pitt wins this more like a 10-point victory. And I do think it is close at halftime. I think they eventually do pull away. Maybe a couple more big plays in there. It'll be interesting if Charles Woods and company for W can take advantage and get any turnovers. 
They have a they have a lot of transfers or inexperience besides him, even though he's on all the watch lists in terms of the secondary and the defense. So I think West Virginia's defense is maybe better than Pitt fans are thinking. I do think this will be somewhat close, but Pitt will get about a 10-point win, maybe. I think points are going to be on the board, though. Maybe we're talking like 30, 20, something in that neighborhood. I don't think Pitt's going to hang 50 or anything wild, even mm-hmm. though I'm sure they'd love to rub it in if they could. I think WVU's defense is good enough. But we will definitely see. This is week one. So you could have a situation where both offenses are sluggish, and we've seen this in big games before to start a season especially. You can have a first, uh, kind of a first 15 minutes that they're feeling each other out and nothing's going on, and then all of a sudden it explodes yeah. off a big play. So I would not be surprised, too, if there's kind of an early sluggish environment here, even though the fans are going to be rowdy and getting into it. But it's the back era brawl, be in Morgantown next year, back in Pittsburgh, and then they'll recharge it after a little bit of a break. So it's a big deal, yep. regardless of the situation. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't wait either. I think everybody can't wait, honestly. And even nationally, they seem to be recognizing it. The, 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 the people that are SEC guys that are talking to Neil Brown saying, we're excited for this. So that, that that's big. Mike Fakovic and Mike Osti, it's mic'd up. We're mic'd up over this game, of course. Everyone's mic'd up over this game. You have the backyard brawl back in your lives, Pitt and West Virginia. Check out Pittsburgh Sports Now for all the Pitt coverage leading up during the game, after the game. WV Sports Now, leading up, during the game, after the game. Overall Sports Now. Love to see who has that complete covered for both sides out there in this even regional market. So we do have it there. Mike Fakovic and Mike Osti. Let's ride. Let, let, let's get ready. It's a, it's a coin of phrase out there in the football world.